Good morning, everyone. And the others who didn't say good morning, good morning to you as well. Right. Ah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had one of these, by the way. Some nowadays you don't have to own one of these. You just have a phone, and it's on your phone, isn't it? Your Bible, you know. But I brought. I've got mine with me today. It's a big one, only for one reason alone. It's got big letters. Because when you get to a certain age, I tell you what, I've got some Bibles. I mean, I've got hundreds of them from childhood and all the way up. And your, your, your eyesight, man, how did you read that when you were young? How did you do it? I don't know. But now I, I print things off, double, double size print, so, you know, whatever you need to do to survive. Um, so I'm going to put a verse on the screen, Nick, if you would, this morning. It's in 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read two verses. And then I just want to share some things with you that you might have heard before, uh, but you might not. So that's always a good one if you haven't. But this verse, uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 3. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain or that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by virtue and glory. And the next verse. By which we have been given, has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, which is, by the way, the Bible. Which has been given to us great and precious promises, the Bible. That through these, through these, we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Thanks, Nick. We'll come back to those verses in a bit. What I want to start off by saying is, the Bible gives us a ve- or presents a very different view or picture of the world than the one that we are told about by science, by education, by psychology, and by medicine. The Bible presents a very different world to what they present. See, all those things can only detect and explain the natural realm. But the Bible tells us that there's another realm that exists that's not just natural. The Bible presents a world combined of natural things and supernatural things. So I was doing a Bible study on a Sunday evening during lockdown, trying to go through every book of the Bible. I got so far, and then I got fed up. No, and then I ran out of steam, and and no, whatever it was, I was ill. I don't know, whatever it was. I think I did most of the Old Testament, but didn't get into the New Testament. But the one thing I kept saying was, you can't read this Bible and ignore the fact that all through it, it talks about things that don't make any natural sense whatsoever. So the Bible is definitely talking about something that exists, a world that exists, than different to the one that we all have grown up in and have been taught about. The Bible talks about things like angels and demons, the devil, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of darkness, and talks about unexplained supernatural events. That's all normal to the Bible. 
Unexplained things are normal to the Bible. They're not normal to us. From beginning to end, like you have Satan in the garden, like you have Abel's blood, the Bible says, Abel's blood is calling out to heaven. What, what is that about? How do you explain that to someone? We read about men hearing and talking with God, about a burning bush speaking. Enoch, a man who's just walking along and suddenly disappears. A metal axe, axe head raising up and floating on the water. Samson and his incredible strength. A finger appearing and writing on the wall, just on its own. Birds coming to feed people. It talks about those things as like, that's, that's normal for us. If that happened, if I was in my house and a finger appeared on the wall and started writing, I'd be kind of, what is going on? It's not normal to us. We've not been educated to see supernatural things. But the Bible just talks about it like, there's bread and butter, you know, that's like what we do. So it's important that you get that for what I'm about to take you into. Jesus himself is reported to be from that supernatural place, the unseen realm. And he goes about doing miracles and everybody's shocked by what he does and the amount of miracles he does. He raises people from the dead. It's incredible the miracles that he does. He goes about what the Bible says, undoing the effects of the demonic that's happened in the world around him. That's what Jesus came to do. But the Bible declares something very important about his death and his resurrection. And I'm just going to state these things. They're not really what the message is about, but they're always what the message is about. Surely, what Jesus did on the cross is always what it's about. But, again, I'm trying to speak to you because we think of everything naturally. We don't think of everything. We're not being brought up to think supernaturally. Or maybe another word for supernatural is weird. Let's just use that just to help. But, so what, what the Bible says happened on the cross, it doesn't meet with our natural understanding because it's talking about things that aren't natural. So, for example, the first thing that his death did was paid the price for sin for the whole world. Well, that just brings up a whole idea of well, what is sin and who's, who's affected by sin. It's like, well, everybody, but the Bible says. But Jesus' death on the cross somehow has paid for all of us. His death on the cross satisfies, number two, his death on the cross satisfies the demands of the law. The law said, if you sin, you're going to die. Jesus has taken that away. That's not going to happen to us. But there's a reason of what his death has done. His death has re-established relationship with God the Father for all humanity. And number four, his death broke the power of Satan and ended his dominion forever. That's, they're, they're words I'm just wanting to say to you, not explaining them to you this morning because that's not really the focus of what I'm wanting to say. But they're very, very powerful things that have happened in an unseen realm when Jesus died on the cross. 
And it's only through one single act of a human that all of those things become yours and mine, and that's called faith. If we believe what Jesus did, then everything becomes ours. So let me go back to that verse. You want to put it back up again, Nick? That was 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. God has supplied everything we need for life and godliness. Given us all things that we need for life and godliness. God didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make natural people supernatural. Now if you don't, I know you're listening on Facebook this morning and you're listening to a church and you're listening to a pastor or whatever and you're thinking, what's Christianity all about? Well, it's not about just stopping us doing bad things and getting us to do good things. It's about changing us from just natural people to become supernatural people. Let me go further and explain this, what it means. John 10 verse 10, Nick, if you'd put that up on the screen for me. Jesus said this in John 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. He's speaking about the devil. But then he says, I have come, Jesus, that you may have life and that you might have it to the full. That's a great preached promise to all of us. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. Let me explain it a little bit further because I'd like you to get it properly. But first of all, a couple of other verses, please, Nick. John 3, verse 3. What is this life that Jesus said he wants to come and give us? John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered him, that's Nicodemus, and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And then in chapter 3, still, verses 5 and 7, Jesus said, I say to you, unless you're born of the water and the Spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. Now watch this next part. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, natural. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit, supernatural. Don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. When Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, he says to her, woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. The living water Jesus was speaking about is the abundant life we've just read about in John 10.10. Not natural, it's spiritual. So I'm going to just say something now which I'm going to think uh, might disappoint a lot of people. What Jesus is talking about when he talks about abundance is not saying he will make you abundant in your finances. That's not what Jesus meant. When he spoke in John 10.10 and he says, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and that life is a life of abundance. Some people have took that to mean that we'll, we'll be rich or we'll have money. That's not the abundance that's being spoken of in that verse. It's not fame. 
Some people think, well, if I become a Christian... You know, when I was in Kenya, they used to have this uh, saying out there about that um, your destiny, God wants you to have your destiny. And their destiny was that everybody would know them and that they would be famous. And, and it's like, that's not what the abundance is. It's not privilege. It's not talent. It's not possessions. Because doesn't Jesus himself say, a man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses? So that can't be what he's talking about when he says abundance in John 10. I have come that they might have life and that more abundantly, he says. It doesn't mean (laughs) an abundance of intelligence either. I know that. For a fact, that's not what it means. I've met a few. No, anyway, um, <laughs> which includes me. So what is Jesus talking about? This is because, when I said at the beginning, the Bible has a different view of the world than we do. This is because our focus is predominantly on the natural realm. So when we talk, think about God giving us life, God giving us an abundant life, we automatically relate it to our natural world. It's, it's impossible not to, because we're natural people. And I'm not saying that it's wrong, if you listen to what I'm about to say. We want the best school for our children. That's, that's, that's fine. That's natural. It's like, we're, what parent wouldn't want that? You know, Surely that's a good thing? Absolutely. You want the best for your children? You want, this is how we think naturally. Naturally, I've got a bad leg. So I've been to the doctors over the last five years, more times than I've ever been in all my life. I have had one thing after another, eye out here and COVID and everything else, but I thought that was all over. You know, I thought I was on the mend. I'm on the mend here, you know what I mean? But physically, so I get a pain in my leg, starting down my leg. And so I've got, to, I've got to be careful because I could get sued. But anyway, um, by the NHS. So, uh, so I go to the doctors and I say, I've got this real bad pain right where I have varicose veins. You know what they are? They stick out a little bit. And, and I've had them for years, like 20 years. So that, but now there's a pain by them. So I get concerned. You know, when you get older, you start to go, oh, that's different. Well, when I get that, I think, doctors, I'm not one of those He'll go, I'm never going to the doctors. You know, the older generation can be a bit like that. You know, I go, oh, finger ache, doctor. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I want to know because I, I know my body. So, so I go along, see her. She says, yeah, oh, that's this. That, uh, we're going to get you in for a, uh, a test on your leg to see the blood flow in your leg. So that's what we need to do. And I said, well, it really hurts. You know what I mean? You've got to put it on, haven't you? She says, yeah, well, we'll get this test done. So I'm expecting this test to get done, which I forgot I've got to ring up and arrange. You know what I mean? That's how it works now. My wife remembered that's what you do. So she rang up, got it booked. The day of the, day of the appointment, it's cancelled. You know what I mean? And, but I, okay, put it back a week. That's fine, let's come back. So the day of the week later, it's cancelled. I said, no, I can't accept that. Sorry, my pain has now gone from down there and it's all up towards, you know, where places it shouldn't be going, right? <laughs> Just things you can't say on, you know, public. Anyway, um, it's hurting a lot and, and uh, 
So cancel somebody else? So I said, I, I, you know, oh, Mr. Coleman, okay, we'll, we'll see what we can do. I got myself booked in two hours earlier the same day. So I thought, that's good. So I get there, saw the woman, I said, can you, she says, I don't do that test. I said, I can do the one on your arm. She said, it's not my arm. I don't want to, I know, I know my blood pressure. Let's go and do it. Um, and the woman who can do it, can't do it for another week. I said, forget it, I'm going to the hospital. Five hours later, in the hospital. He looks at, takes one look at my leg, says, I know what that is. Take this gel, you'll be fine in a few days. Now I'm fuming because two weeks ago, or wherever it was, I could have had that gel then. Anyway, that's been working okay. But my point I'm making, I just like to tell stories, you know. My, my point I'm making is, is, when there's something natural, I go to, to the relevant places. So she rings me back, says, yeah, we're sorry we messed you about. And also, we've had your blood test back. There's a problem with your liver. We're going to send you another scan and everything. God, what on earth is going on? You know, so I don't know what's going on. We're natural people. And so natural things, they're normal to us. We don't like them, but they're normal to us. And we know how to, well, we should do how to try and do something about it. That's okay. Jobs and finances, you know, we know we need to work. We like working. We want to get a job that's a bit better money. That's, that's just natural. Furniture and clothes, are, you know, we're all different about our clothes and how we do things. And food, we all like that. So much about the natural realm, we know, how to, we know what to do. But Jesus said, I've come to do something that makes you not just natural, makes you supernatural. What do you do about that? Where do you go when that's not working? What, how would you know if that is working, the supernatural side of your life? Because that's what Jesus said is coming to you in abundance. That is coming to you, that spirit, life, supernatural life, that's an abundant life. But I only know how to turn to the natural and, and make that work and fix it. So let me explain. Carry on. Luke 4, sorry, Luke 24, verse 49. Luke 24, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Jesus is left, he's, he's been on the cross He's died, he's rose from the dead. He now says to his disciples, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. That which I promised, because Jesus said this, that which I promised in John 10.10, because 10, it, had, it had been written by then, hadn't it? No, I'm just joking with you. The Bible wasn't written at that point. 70 years later, we might have had that put in chapter and verse for us. He'd give us a new spirit. It's the spirit that is abundance. It's not us. It's the spirit that is abundance. But its abundance is not natural. However, it overflows into the natural. So since I've become a Christian, since I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, my life has, has been blessed. Both physically, mentally, emotionally, and probably even materialistically God has blessed but what is first is 
the abundance is in the spirit, it's not in me. And then he comes into me. John 16 verses 13 to 15 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. So Jesus is saying there's a promise coming of a Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he's going to do stuff for you. Show you things of heaven. Show you things that are to come. He does that. That's not you. That's not a natural ability. It's something that comes with that which comes into our life. Jesus says, you have to be born again of the Spirit. We're Christians not because of faith, not because of going to church, not because of trying to do good, but because the Spirit of God is born within us. And that Spirit that's born within us is so much more than we've understood because we only understand natural things. But that's the job of a vicar, a pastor or whatever, to help you to understand these things. So let me just show you two verses about this Holy Spirit. See what you think. The first one is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read a few verses. This is this Spirit that comes in you and comes in me. This is what he's like. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit, or the revelation, or the outshining of the Spirit, is given to each one of us for the profit of everybody. One is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another is given the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Let's just keep going through the verses. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. So hang on just a sec. That's people who, who go about healing the sick. Who's doing it? According to this verse, who is healing the sick? The Spirit comes to bring His gift of healing and use it through us, through people. In other words, it's the work of We've been born again by the Spirit of God, the abundant life that's come within us. It's something that's come and now has become part of us. Sorry, thanks, Nick. You can go on to the next verse. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. So if you're good at prophesying, if you're good at speaking into people's lives, this is the Spirit doing this in you. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. That means languages. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And one more verse. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. Who does it? One and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So how does it work? We're natural people. Then we have a supernatural encounter 
And in that supernatural encounter, is this abund- This is an abundant life, by the way. Someone who can have faith to move mountains. Someone who can pray for somebody else and they get well. Someone who can speak into somebody's life and what they speak into their life comes to pass. That's incredible. And there's a lot of people I know who operate lots of these gifts of the Spirit. That is, an abund- that is a life that can't be done naturally. It's being done out of the supernatural that's now part of you. There's another verse, though, that I love about this same Holy Spirit. And you'll know this. It seems like a completely different direction, but it's not. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. So that Spirit comes on us, becomes part of us, and we start doing supernatural things. That's great. But what else does it say about that same Spirit? Look at this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. This is a different dimension of that life of the Spirit. Go back to the verse before. I want you to see this. The fruit of the Spirit is love. How many of us are trying so hard to demonstrate love? The fruit of the Spirit is joy. You know, I love this because lots of Christians are the most miserable people on the planet. Oh, I've gone off the screen again. I did that. So, so, you know? But even though they know, now I'm saved, I should have joy. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. And they're the most overwhelmed with grief and, and, and See, because the natural part of us cannot produce these things. I tell you what, there are some really kind people, really kind Christians. I want to ask you a question. Is it them who are kind or is it the Spirit that's kind? Has God put something in them that is a supernatural ability or are they just nice people? Goodness, faithfulness, etc., etc. So let me just give you my little definition of those two verses, Corinthians and Galatians. Notice, the power of this Christian life is the spirit within, right? The character of this Christian life is the spirit within. How many of you are trying to do something for God? How many are you trying to be a good Christian character for God? When the Bible tells us, Jesus says, when I come, I'm going to give you a life and that life will be abundant. It'll be an abundant life of power because it's the power that's coming to you. It's not yours. And it will be an abundant life of character because it's that same spirit that will produce the peace, the grace, the love. I'm trying to make happen and produce things that he's given me the power to live out. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Jesus, when he said, oh yeah, the life I'll give you will be you know, an abundant life, he was not talking of natural things. He was talking of the supernatural. So I go back to that verse, 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. The divine power he's given us to pertain to life and godliness. But let me put the next verse on because I love this. Verse 4. 
This one, 2 Peter 1 verse 4. I'm going to finish with this. By which he has given to us exceeding great promises. What did I say the promises were? This is the word of God. That through these, through this word of God, we become partakers of what? The supernatural life. The divine nature. We become partakers. We don't suddenly create in ourselves this divine nature. He gives it to us as a free gift. We've been given a divine nature. But look how he says it. Through this word, it begins to create in us and we become partakers of. You know, you can only be a partaker of, of something that's being offered to you. You can't produce it. It's being given to you. It's being offered to you. That's what I wanted you to hear this morning. Great promises is the word of God, which ignites faith. This is how this works. We read something and it ignites faith. And, which, and faith releases something from the unseen into the seen. Something from the spiritual world to the natural world. This verse calls that the divine. I would call it the supernatural. I would call it the spiritual. We doing something very naturally, which is what we call reading, right? Using our natural brains to read and understand. When we do that, something gets triggered in us. It's called faith. To suddenly believe something that we've read there. And when that happens, when you suddenly find yourself believing something that you've read there, you are releasing it from the unseen realm into the seen realm. It will become part of you. If you're in the middle of a storm and everything's going wrong in your life and you suddenly start reading the Bible and you feel that verse that says that Jesus got up and said, peace be still. And something in you goes, God's got me in this situation. What's just happened is faith heard this and brought something of the divine into our natural realm. And the storm that we could not calm suddenly calms. That's what we've been created to enjoy. The Bible clearly indicates that humans need a touch of the divine from heaven. And Jesus made it available to us through his death and resurrection. Let me give you one last verse. This is the best verse in the Bible compared, I mean, when I say that, that I could have ever found to conclude this morning service. We're talking about Jesus says, you must be born again. I don't mean naturally, because that's okay. You've already got that one. You've sussed that. But you need something born in you that's spiritual. That's what becoming a Christian is. You put your faith in Jesus. He releases a spiritual birth within you. And Jesus said, and that spirit that comes with you will give you an abundant life, but not natural. It's a spiritual abundance that overflows into your natural. But we're still natural. So what do we need to do with this life that's been given to us?
Galatians 5, verses 16 to 18. I'm going to finish with these verses. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. We might not do all of the verses. I say to you, walk in the Spirit. And you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. For the flesh is always against the Spirit. And the Spirit is against the flesh. These are opposite, contrary to one another. That you do not do the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the flesh, the law. Let me just explain that and I'm done this morning. Paul, Peter, the apostles, Jesus, they all knew it. They all knew how to do this. Peter, Jesus even said this one day. He said, I don't do anything of myself. Jesus, the Son of God. He says, I don't do anything of myself, but only what I see the Father doing. He even said, I don't even speak any words unless he's given me them to say. So Jesus is one of these who demonstrated what a life would look like if it followed the steps of the Spirit. It would do supernatural things. I don't know if we all do it very easily. We're much more led by the natural, much more led by the flesh. It's just easier because we've been brought up like it. I'm not criticising. I'm saying the only access to the abundant is to walk in the spirit side of your life. That's the only way. And this, which people don't like to have these around anymore, this Bible is one of the ways in which we get access to the divine. Of course, hearing a sermon gives you access. Of course, having worship time gives you access. Of course, listening to some people on YouTube or on God channels gives you access. But Jesus has given you this spirit. Given you this spirit for you to access this abundant life. And abundant to me is not about possessions. It's not about finances. It's not about gifts and talents. It's about seeing godly things. It's about having a relationship with God. It's about knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. Knowing the forgiveness and love of God. That is incredibly powerful. That is the divine at work in you. Thank you so much for listening this morning, both on uh, Facebook and here in the church. I pray God blesses you. Do one thing for me, won't you, both on there and in here. Seek the things of the Spirit. Seek after it. The disciples went to this town 
I, don't, I think it was Peter, I'm not sure it could have been Peter or Paul, went to this town. And there was a bunch of ch- churchgoers there. And they, were, they loved Jesus, they thought it was great, Jesus died on the cross. And they asked them a question, have you received the Spirit since you believed? And they said, we haven't even heard of it. It's very easy to be believers, followers, churchgoers, but not be connecting to the divine, the power. Seek it out. Follow it. God bless you. Thank you very much for your time. Now, the piece of paper that matters more than all of the